I think it's safe to say at this point that Matthew McConaughey, Kate Hudson, they are the quintessence of the aughts rom-com. Maybe all movies of the aughts. Maybe all movies in general. Okay, not all movies in general, but How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Again, I have to use the $4 word. It is the quintessence of aughts rom-coms. It's got everything. It's got Matthew McConaughey without his shirt on. It's got Kate Hudson being whatever Kate Hudson does. It's got B.B. Newworth. The only thing missing is David Hyde Pierce, but at least we have one Frasier thespian with us. So without further ado, it's how to lose a guy in 10 days. First, you go first. You go first. I start first. You yeah, talk you talk first. first. I talk first. I don't want to. I'm, I'm feeling okay. I'm, I'm very confused. You go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to A Gentleman's Guide to Rom Coms. I'm your master of ceremonies, Kylo Ren. Oh, <laughs> hi, Kylo. I'm Beavis of Beavis and Butthead fame. Where is your partner? Um, well, I don't, I didn't bring him on the podcast because whenever he's with me, I have like a weird accent. <laughs> And so this is what I usually sound like. Do you think who, okay, in Dumb and Dumber, who's dumb and who's dumber? I think H- Harry is dumb yeah. and Lloyd Christmas is dumber. I always thought that. Yeah. But Lloyd Christmas uh, gets more done, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like he, he's more active. Yeah, definitely. But he is the bigger idiot. Yeah. He, well, no, he's just dumber. Yeah. He's dumber. Yeah. Yeah. That's Wait, that's is there a difference? Um, one is dumb and one is dumber. Okay. It's, it's just because it comes down to that. It's a, it's a qualitative analysis. So you can be an idiot, but can you be idiator? No, mm. no, exactly. So it's yeah. one or the other. So welcome. Welcome to the show. We're not going to be talking about dumb and dumber. No, we aren't. We're talking about another classic comedy, mm-hmm. how to lose a guy in 10 days. The alpha and omega of aughts rom-coms. <laughs> you know, there was a, like that whole movie, Dumb and Dumber, is... <laughs> Is predicated off of like this desire for love, mm-hmm. right? It's a mm. Lo- Lloyd Chris. There's I, a, is it an edge case? There's a future romantic comedy episode on Dumb and Dumber. I, I feel. think there is. It's there's a there's definite a bromance. Add it to the list. It's added to the list here. Um, uh, let me just make it a let me make it official. Make it official. Wow, Ryan! Like I just want to say, your words per minute has just shot through the roof. Uh, yes, how to lose a guy in 10 days. Um, let's just go for it. Let me tell you a story. Tell me a story, Turk. Let me tell you a story about love, D'Artagnan. I ask you about love, probably quote me a sonnet. I'm not much more than an interpreter and not very good at telling stories. That's the end. What do you mean that's the end? That's not. It's the beginning of something interesting. Listen, that's the end of that saga. The end. Kate Hudson works at a magazine. This is the most. Get your bingo card out now, because <laughs> this opening is the most wah, 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 wah opening or standard. I guess we can just call it standard basic opening that everybody has copied since. It's the Times New Roman of <laughs> opening titles. Exactly. When you see it, you know exactly what it is. You're not excited about it, but hey, it's getting the job done. She works at uh, Get Out My Mad Libs, um, Woman's Magazine. <laughs> she works at Composure, which is. Your non-trademarked cosmopolitan. Or allure, or forever. It's Cosmo. There's yeah, enough talk of yeah. orgasms on the front of those magazines that it's Cosmo. Um, 
what is those magazines have been replaced today by the hip online websites now, like BuzzFeeds and whatever other BuzzFeeds are out there? Yeah, I mean, it's not the same thing, but like, I, I do think that you're right. There's more of that content online. Yeah, like it is not a cool thing to work in a magazine right now. In I, movies? I, yeah, like if you yeah. worked at a magazine, it would seem a little like regressive or retro. Yeah, I think because like, you know, your Cosmos are still out there. But they're but, brands, you know, yeah. they're web brands. The the like the popular magazines these days are like the quarterlies or like, you know, you're doing your kinfolk yeah, or yeah. your bitch magazine where it's just like we are extremely specific <laughs> and we, we come out and we have extremely good art in us. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, OK, you're you're pretentious, but I think that's the only reason you're surviving in this digital age. Yeah. yeah. So Kate Hudson is a. <laughs> no, but you're right. I'm sorry. You were correct about BuzzFeed. Because you do quizzes there, and yep. I remember that was the thing about Cosmos. You yep. could always do a quiz or two. Mm-hmm. I do put work over my relationships. <laughs> uh, so Kate Hudson is the how-to journalist girl at yeah. this girly magazine show. But what she really wants to do is write about politics, religion, the environment. <laughs> so I don't I, – I, I, I get the – like I get what she, she wants to be taken more seriously. You, you, you're in New York. How many other like Time, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, like there's all these other publications you could be like applying for, networking, talking, like asking around, writing freelance pieces. I don't think Allure is the place for you. The reason, oh my gosh, her name is Andy, which is the same name as Anne Hathaway's name, Uh, her character in uh, Devil Wears Prada. mm -hmm. Very similar too. She's working at a place, but- the reason it works for Andy is because Andy's just trying to get her foot in the door of the world. Yeah. Whereas Kate Hudson has been here for a long time, it seems like. Yeah, you're you're good. You've got a portfolio. You, you, you've got you've been working for a big magazine with great circulation. I, I think you're ready to to jump and yeah. to get hired by a more reputable news source. Because I'm not gonna be reading Allure for their commentary on the Middle Eastern politics. Uh, the whole yeah, the whole premise <laughs> of her being like, I'm gonna write here and I'm just waiting so that I can write about whatever I want in this magazine is ludicrous. <laughs> Especially because I don't think any self-respecting, like, political journalist who is wanting to do, quote-unquote, write about politics or religion or anything like that is going to refer to it in such a way where it's like, I want to write about politics. It's like, shut up. (laughs) I'm sorry. I, I do think that this movie does get a lot better, but this whole first scene, I was really worried. Yeah. Well, to be fair... Um, this kind of works in today's culture because BuzzFeed News actually does some breaking news stuff where they they do get some uh, exclusive scoops on things. It's just their problem is um, its repu- reputation. Sure, yeah. Um, but they, they, they're they a lot more serious than Allure magazine would be about the news. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're like, if you look at like a vulture or something yeah. like that, it's like, okay. So yeah, sometimes you're a vulture, but sometimes you're a vulture. Yeah, but if you're working for a magazine where the cover story is like how to orgasm by yourself, I don't think they're going to worry about, you know, world world commentary. <laughs> Plus the I'm I'm doing a motion right now with my hand. <laughs> the uh title of her her piece that she was writing and showing to her friend uh Janine, mm-hmm. played by Annie Parise. Parise. Um was like how to 
like how to find pe- how to how to make peace work, how to end war in this place. And it was like, <laughs> how, like, how pretentious do you have to be to write that article? Yes. It's like, I, I've got it. President of whatever fictional version of America. This is. I've got war. it, figured it out. Um, but you know, good for her. Yeah. So we, we like her. She's a cool blonde and she looks like Kate Hudson in this world. So yeah, she does look like Kate Hudson in this world. And, uh, the whole, you know, she has to go save her friend, Catherine Hahn, from another breakup. She's been dating this guy for a week and she's super upset. She's depressed. He hasn't in bed. called her and yeah. they broke up and stuff. And Catherine Hahn, you're too good for any project you're in. I'm sorry. You're amazing. She eventually earns her rent in this movie. She does have a great scene later, but it's just kind of like, oh, Catherine Hahn, don't be the best friend role. But she gets more to do in this movie than. I think this was Catherine Hahn from like 1999 to 2010. Yeah. Was she was the best friend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, She finally broke free. Yeah. But I, she does it great. Yeah. 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 She's great. Um, But there's something that kind of reeks of a little bit of sexism of just like, you know, she just got dumped. So she's a wreck. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah. I think this whole movie, the, the male dialogue is so good in this film. (laughs) And, when when it's not Matthew McConaughey and Kate Hudson, mm-hmm. the like friends, the female friends dialogue is really hit or miss. Yeah, and this movie this movie was uh, directed by a guy, but it was written by three people. Yeah, uh, two two guys and a girl, and a pizza place. In fact, um, speaking of pizza place, the man who directed this, Donald Petrie, directed Mystic Pizza. Oh, what? Yeah. And Miss Congenial and Grumpy Old Men. We're watching <laughs> Grumpy Old Men later this month. So, the, but he has a wildly like divergent filmography where Mystic Pizza is such a masterpiece. And then the others are, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Miss Congeniality is good. Grumpy Old Men's good. Yeah, they're fun, but they're not, they never have the gravity of, of what Mystic Pizza does. No, but I do think all of these movies find a, like a, a real place of feelings between their characters. Yeah. And so, yeah. So we jump, we jump from our ladies, our mm-hmm. three ladies that we know to Matthew McConaughey. And he works in advertising. And he rides a motorcycle <laughs> ladies. Um, and he works in a cool, like it's, it's interesting. It's like, it's not quite the Madison Avenue thing. Cause they're like, ah, uh, you know, we're, we're just laid back madmen, but we're not really madmen. We're well, just kind of hanging out in our t-shirts. It's, it's basically like, since it's not the sixties, it's diluted. We're not yeah. running the world anymore, but we still pull a couple strings. Yeah. yeah. And Matthew McConaughey, he wants the, the jewelry, the, the De Beers, no, excuse me, the, de, whatever it's Delore. called. Yeah, the Delore well, account. And this was pretty um, crazy because this is um, four years after the whole diamond fiasco started in like 1999, where it was like, oh, bl- like blood diamonds the blood are a diamond thing. thing. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, it feels very prescient for the times, I guess. I just like his idea is like, go frost yourself. I'm like, that's a fucking terrible <laughs> slogan. Ladies, <laughs> go frost yourself. That sounds like you would like they were right. It's like, uh, like a cake Frost me like a cake. What does that mean? I don't know. I can, I can see it in a certain light. He might've been able to persuade me, especially with those eyes. Yeah. I looked over and that at chin. I looked over at Sarah. She's like, no. <laughs> well, go frost yourself. I don't like, but frost yourself. Fro- yeah, I it's mean, with, okay. the, with the right print campaign, I think you'd, you'd yes. win me over. Yeah, not not with the ad that they end up shooting. Yeah, um, but he works there with Adam Goldberg and Thomas Lennon, and they're a really good pairing. 
Yeah, I like I like the friends in this movie. They're they're good hang. Yeah. They're funny. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're good. And so yeah, he wants the he wants the diamond account, but the two The Judies. The is that what they're called? Yeah, uh it's Spears and Green, uh, and their first names yeah. are each Judy. Robin and I have been doing this thing, which I I feel like is Robin, you can you is this fine to do on the podcast? Is this fine to talk about where we just every single time we think somebody's a lesbian in one of these movies <laughs> we just say lesbian? Yeah. They 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 should have gone for it. I think they should have gone for it. Especially if you watch Shalom Harlow's performance, she looks she. like she just wants to have sex with <laughs> all the ladies. Every lady she looks at. And I'm just like, I'm here for this, but I feel like 2003 wasn't ready for it. I don't know. You guys have a good radar, so it might have been there. It might have been in the context. Or Maybe. the subtext. Or the overtext. Or the undertext. Yeah. So Matthew McConaughey's like, I want the diamond account. They're like, too bad. It's ours. Right. And then he's like, what? I mean, they, they get into this weird convoluted conversation where um, earlier that day, the Judys saw Kate Hudson and uh, Kate Hudson's boss played by... B.B. Newworth. Andy... You work at Composure magazine. We are fashion trends, diets, cosmetic surgery, salacious gossip. That's Composure. B.B. Newworth, who is one of our absolute, fa- one of my, I don't know, is it one of I your favorite her. characters? I love her. She's Lilith and Frasier, and she's just, she plays the part of domineering scary lady mm-hmm. so well. Yeah. I, I like they have they have their pitch session with all the writers, mm-hmm. and um, I love I love the the pitch session because we see her in charge, but not a Lilith, right? In charge, right. She, she's a little bit more empathetic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, everyone's pitching pretty good stories, and Catherine Hahn is pitching doesn't have anything to pitch because right. she got dumped, right. and BB uh, Newworth is like, right oh, about that, use that. Uh, Kate but, Hudson saves her. Yeah, she figures out like, well, let's let's write about what you're not supposed to do with a guy. How to lose a guy in ten days? Because she's the Roll how credits. to person, but this is the how not to column. And this, this week, as a premise for a movie, how to lose a guy in ten days pretty much writes itself. Yeah, like it's it's a it's a plot wrapped up in a phrase. Yeah, and it's an interesting thing because Kate Hudson's like, um, I hope. Catherine Hahn, you understand that I'm not like using you, throwing you, you under the bus. Yeah. I just there's some things I want to, sh- you know, maybe you should be more aware of. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of con- not condescension, but like poor Catherine Hahn gets dumped on by Kate Hudson quite yeah. a bit, and then Catherine Hahn's like, "Well, you're perfect. No guy would ever want to <laughs> stop dating you." What's interesting about these movies is that. This these these rom coms are about like the dating ritual and like what you're supposed to do and not supposed to do and mm-hmm. like he's just not that into you is like the magnum opus of right. that idea yeah. and Hitch also yeah. is very much mm-hmm. about this and I don't know about you but I'm getting kind of bored by these now that I've been married for so long where I'm like man I am just not in this world like I haven't had to worry about this for a long time yeah. It's. I don't think that's the reason why it bores me, though. I think it's just that we've seen, like with Hitch, it feels fresh and fun because of the actors in the film. Mm-hmm. The idea is not that fresh. Yeah, like him as a doctor is fresh, but like the whole conceit of like what makes something like a sincere date versus a manufactured date. Yeah, um, is something that that movie does really well. But when I see it elsewhere, I'm like. 
I've seen this in Hitch or I've seen this in How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. You know, yeah. it's just, it's been played out a lot. And so I think to make it work, you, you need to he- either have like change up the people who are dating or like the situation in which they find themselves in, yeah. which is what this movie kind of does. Because Hitch is very cathartic because it's like, oh, there's this ritual that you got to like respect the game and you got to like be really skilled at it to like succeed. And mm-hmm. the end of the movie is like, no, you don't. That's you all just malarkey. Be sincere. You yeah. just got to be yourself and that's that's all it takes. Yeah. And I feel like this, I don't quite get there. <laughs> they no, just, no. They still go through the motions and it all works out because of rom-com law. Yeah, and and I do think they, they don't really wrap up the idea of the uh, this movie doesn't have a sense of irony <laughs> yeah but but that's okay because i do think that the overall chemistry between the two of them makes what they're doing to each other fun at yeah. least yeah 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 so andy's figured out okay i'm gonna write this article i gotta mm-hmm. find a guy um date him and then drive him away in 10 days and the judys see this they they come to understand like, this. oh what a cool idea and it's this it's, you know, they get the the down low on what she's doing. Then what eventually happens is Matthew McConaughey bets the Judys that he can make a girl fall in love with him in 10 days because that's when the De Beer account happens. I I'm sorry, Delore. <laughs> I didn't quite buy Matthew McConaughey's setup because he like crashes this meeting with the big boss of the right. ad agency. He's like, you should give me the diamond account. He's like, I already gave it to the Judys. He's like, oh, but I would be so good at it. And Yeah, I know women. It's yeah. like, and well, they're like, no, you don't. You're so fickle, Matthew well, McConaughey. Well, I don't actually. So Matthew McConaughey's reasons seem sound, though, because he is the one who brought the account to them. Yeah, I, so, I get I get his in. Yeah. And so he's saying, if I can. But if I can make a woman fall in love with me, then surely I can sell diamonds. Right. It's kind of what his pitch was. And the boss yeah. is like, OK. Yeah. And uh, so one of the Judies is like, well all right, let me pick a woman at this bar because she sees Kate Hudson and she knows that Kate Hudson. Yeah. Only in a rom-com, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> could this happen? Yeah. And so they sick him They're on cross purposes. They sick him on Kate Hudson and he's like, challenge accepted. And, uh, you know, when you think about it on paper, I'm like, is this supposed to feel weird that he's seducing a rando? But he's just kind of like, great. I would love for her to fall in love with me. I'm like, well, yeah, it's Kate Hudson. She sure. seems lovely. Yeah. So it's not like it's not like this um, Cyrano thing or like no one's de- he's not really deceiving her. He's just like, this sounds cool. Like, I, I love to go for yeah, it. Yeah, I think I honestly think after watching this movie again that he has more of the moral high ground in yeah, this. Yeah, he really does. He's not really lying about anything. Yeah. He, I mean, he he it is predicated from a bet which does sour everything if found out about it. Yeah. I'm not saying it's morally good, but compared to what she's doing, it's morally better. It's it's not like <laughs> it's not like she's all that where it's like where's the most like uh atrocious woman which right. you couldn't possibly refine her to be the prom queen. Right. Is that the plot of She's All That? I think it is. I saw I the trailer once. I haven't seen it. We will get to it. It feels like something that should be based off of a Shakespeare. Yeah. But isn't. Yeah. Well, it's um, it's not Taming the True. It's, uh, there's a classic play. As you Pig- like it? Pygmalion. Oh, Pygmalion. You which know, is uh, what, My Fair um, Lady. My Fair Lady's based on. Isn't yeah. that what's... You see My Fair Lady, right? Yeah. I mean, that's basically it. It's a... I, I can... I can take this gutter street rat yeah. and turn her into... Somebody who passes for a princess in high society. But this is like, hey, there's a princess in high society, Matthew McConaughey. Go fall in love with her. He's like, sounds good. Or I'm go on make my way. her fall in love with you. <laughs> yeah, he's like, that's good. Which, <laughs> which basically means that Kate Hudson is just treated magnificently for a week and a half. <laughs> yeah. Granted, that could end in heartbreak when he's like 
end up ends up breaking up with her. Yeah, but so, like on the other side, Kate Hudson is going to drive Matthew McConaughey bananas. insane. Yeah, so we have this crosswind of a of a conflict here of like Kate Hudson wants this thing, but Matthew McConaughey wants this thing, and go. Do you, do you buy like did did the filmmaker Mr. Donald did he set it up correctly because I think he did he set it up correctly yeah it's it's one of those kind of high concept plots uh, I was I, I'll let me get into my thesis on this movie as why it's the alpha and omega of Ots rom coms yeah. real quick it, okay first of all the stars yeah. Matthew McConaughey and Kate Hudson were the leading rom com stars of that decade. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you had your Julia's and your Sandy's too. Julia was done. Like, she doesn't have any rom-coms in the aughts. She doesn't have any? Think of any. Give me one. Give me one rom-com. Like, thorough rom-com. That's of the mold of My Best Friend's Wedding or uh, Pretty Woman. Larry Crown? <laughs> she got nothing. She was done. She was out. She was doing dramas. She was, okay. she was on to bigger and better yeah, things. Yeah, I guess she had done Aaron Bronkovich and that was like yeah. the launch. Oh, well, no, it's it's 90s. The um Runaway Bride. That was 99. What what's what's the one where she she's a hooker, a sex worker? Pretty Woman, 1990. So no, whoa, that, that was really 1990? That was her first big one. Oh, okay. it went Mystic Pizza, then Pretty Woman. Kapow! Okay. She's a global superstar. Well, do you know who was supposed to be in Kate Hudson's part? Who was originally oh, no. cast? Who was who was it? Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, I think that I I would dig it. It would. I don't think it would have been as much of a comedy. I think she would have played it differently. Yeah, Yeah. you would take it more seriously. And Meg Ryan was also done in the aughts. She did Kate Leopold in uh... two (laughs) thousand five. And then Sandra Bullock did two weeks notice, but she too kind of was going off towards dramas and more serious things. So. Matthew McConaughey, that's the, I mean, what is the McConaissance? Was it this or was it the dramas? No, it was either the way, dramas. But, but um, either way, like, he was pretty solid. His films did very solid. This was, Matthew McConaughey has a great bod and great acting chops, so yeah. let's use him. Yeah. Let's soak all the rom-com juice out of him until he has none left. Yeah. And so a lot of the plots are like this, where they are really complicated. Like, we got... These many cross purposes and a lot of the storytelling was about like the like mismatching of it of it all. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. whereas the '90s films, you've got male um, and while you were sleeping, started with something like that, but never got caught but, up in the plot weeds. Uh, a little. I mean, I think while you were sleeping isn't necessarily a about the plot but mm-hmm. it does come full circle like this yeah. movie no it, it comes together the plot follows through mm-hmm. but it gets to a point in the middle of those movies where it's like we're not really worried anymore about the plot we just care about these characters and we care about the relationship and we want to see it through but yeah and this movie does it but only with the two main characters and i think that's what the aughts rom-coms are really doing is these two people what do you think about them falling in love yeah and it's it just is about the machination of getting them together yeah. and not so much about the human drama of these two people because like you've got mail that's one of our great masterpieces that we covered last week mm-hmm. by the middle of the movie you don't really care about what's really happening between fox books versus the shop around no, the corner it's all about it doesn't matter anymore yeah. it's about the relationship but this it, they are just following this like right because it really matters whether she is able to lose him or if he is able to get the account. Yeah. Yeah. And, and stay with her. Yeah. yeah. So let's get into the plot and we can talk about 
how successful that is sure. for following through on that. So they start talking at this bar. They have this cute, cute meet yeah. where it's one word thing. I don't know how they fell into it, but they're, he's like, sandwich, yes, hot, cold. <laughs> I can't what they're talking, but it was a lot sexier than that. Yeah, it was It was pretty good. Robin and I were both like, we, we kind of did like a small golf clap. We were mm-hmm. like, very well done. I feel like that is one of the metrics of these aughts rom-coms where it's like, how clever can your script get? Yeah, and I think it, I think, the success or not of these movies relies completely on whether we like the two people mm-hmm. together. Because honestly, I'd watch a movie about Matthew McConaughey hanging out with his buds and doing whatever. Totally. I wouldn't watch the Kate Hudson movie by herself. Mm-hmm. But when I watch the two of them together, shove either of those other movies aside. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, I'm here for this. Yeah, totally. So they go back to, or they have dinner, which is crabs. Yeah, like and they lobster. have a good time because she's got to hook him. Right. So she's being actually genuine with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she has to. It's funny, like, as he wants to, he has a straight line. Be great, keep going. Yeah. She has to be great, slowly become less great, but keep him on the line and then pull the hammer out. Yeah. So and there's smash him on the head, I guess. There's a lot of, like, the power play dynamics. And Sarah brought this up to me. I didn't think about it. And I'm like, you're absolutely right. This movie it was so beloved for her growing up. Like it was such a millennial like icon because it was, as opposed to the nineties rom-coms, this was like women having their power and like having, holding something over, like so much of it is Kate Hudson holding Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, there's nothing by a like dangle. teaching young women how to manipulate people. <laughs> That's but, great. But that's why Sarah loved it growing up is like she finally had a character where who had power, whereas Meg Ryan gets steamrolled by Tom Hanks and you've got mail. She loses her shop. She loses all of her power in that movie. And Sandra Bullock and While You're Sleeping has to have this secret and can't get found out. And it's this weird thing where she's kind of like on the run, but has to get this family to like her and. This this film actually gave power back to them. I just think men are kind of intimidated by it because we're like, oh, no, I don't want to be manipulated by Kate Hudson. I don't think it has much to do with intimidation. <laughs> well, what is it? Are, do you feel intimidated by this movie? No. But what did you just say? You said you had a problem with her manipulation. No, I, I mean, I. I, morally, yes. <laughs> I don't. I don't think there's anything wrong with the premise. I love. I love a female character having power. Yeah. I don't think that. I, I saying that out loud feels stupid. <laughs> um, but I. I'm. I'm glad Sarah got that from this. Um, it. It's. I. It's weird because it's like. I think the complication of the morals is what makes them interesting characters Mm -hmm. and not necessarily them having power is what makes them interesting characters. I'm glad, I'm glad both of them are. See, I don't know. I just don't, I I just don't really buy the premise because I've no offense, Sarah, but having Meg Ryan have power in like a tete-a-tete professionally Mm -hmm. is not the same as having power in the relationship. Right. And in this, Kate Hudson doesn't have power. She can't do anything she wants. That's the whole point. She's being held down by her boss and she's not doing what she wants. So she has to go do this thing, which is a tete-a-tete emotionally with someone, which is what I think that um, Meg Ryan already has in her movie. Well, I think, I think throughout this movie, we see Kate Hudson have Matthew McConaughey dangled, dangled by a string throughout most of it. She's She's got him on the hook. That's emotional power, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what it, I mean. Yeah, emotional power is one thing, but I think that we have 
I think we have stuff like that in other rom-coms. Yeah, it's, 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 it just wasn't really part of the 90s rom-coms. That's what the aughts rom-coms kind of like kind of started flipping again is that is that the Kate I mean that's I feel like this is the preeminent Kate Hudson protagonist. Well, yeah, interestingly, it it just seems that the 90s wasn't worried super much about power. Like if you take take Sleepless in Seattle. Mhm. There's no competition. No. Right? Um, there is, you've got mail. Yeah. There's competition and there's back and forth between the two of them, but they're on a very even playing field when it comes to emotions. Yeah. But this one, she only has power because of her manipulation. But you've got mail. She's outgunned and professionally she gets, she gets destroyed. Right, but that's professional. Yeah. Right. That's not, that's not like relational, which is why we come to these movies. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I just think. I get what she's saying, but it seems it seems a little different. Well, she's my wife, so I have to agree. I I mean, I'm I'm here for that. I think that's Ryan. I think that's a power move. But and you've got mail. We do see what what needs to happen is for you for Tom Hanks to kind of like grovel mm-hmm. a little bit, and she doesn't. Meg Ryan doesn't need to do anything. She just needs to kind of say, "Will I accept this grovel from Tom Hanks or not?" And I mean, that's kind of like this movie where there is a professionalism that becomes emotional, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So she's she's pretty cool at first with Matthew uh, McConaughey. Yeah. He, they almost have sex and then they both say, wait. Speaking of power, that's a good scene because mm-hmm. they they go to the bedroom. It gets all sexy. She goes to the bed. She pats it. Yeah. And she's like, come on over here. And Matthew McConaughey, he's, he sits on the dresser. He's like, Mm-mm, come have a beer over here. Right. Because they're both trying to lure but not have sex with each other. Yeah, and he's trying to be like I'm not I'm not going to be the hit and quit it kind of guy. Yeah, I'm, which it seems like he usually is. Yeah, and so eventually they do end up on a bed but they don't do anything. They don't do anything. And she goes home and Matthew McConaughey goes and masturbates. <laughs> <laughs> and um and I, I just think this whole movie is filled with people not having sex for the most part. So I got to imagine both of them are just yeah, like, God going damn, home. It's so frustrating. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they she leaves her purse, and so he he ends up with uh, the Knicks tickets. <laughs> and there is no greater fiction in this land than, than a hot Knicks game <laughs> than the Knicks going to the playoffs. Than the Knicks going to the playoffs <laughs> because the the early 2000s late 90s was basically like aren't the Knicks great in in movies they're always like going to the playoffs everybody's always going to see the Knicks and it's like yeah everybody loves the Knicks but they are not a good basketball team yeah. they have been every once in a while yeah but, uh, but good for I like fictional Knicks right. they're very successful <laughs> Yeah, I love fictional Knicks. Yeah. Um, plus, they have I think they have the best like uh, uniforms. They have like the prototypical basketball oh, yeah. uniforms. Oh, yeah. Um, and they go and they have a great time. And you can automatically tell that the two of them, if they were really dating each other, they would hit it They're off. They're having a good time. Is this when she starts the manipulation? It's at the end. Uh, end of the game. Yeah, so she's like, get me a soda. It's like the last minute of the fourth quarter. And he's like, ugh, fine. <laughs> okay. I And the only reason he would do this is because he is doing the bet. Yeah. Because otherwise, you any normal human would say, yeah, let's get it after the minute is over. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there, there's a lot of these moments where they don't really make a comment of that, of yeah. like, well, how would you behave differently if you weren't trying to make me fall in love with you? And isn't that what dating is anyways, is trying to make the other person fall in love with you? Exactly. And But usually it's it's... I like this person so much that even if they are being a little unreasonable, ridiculous, inconvenient, 
I will help them because I like them. Mm -hmm. I think this would have been a breaking point for Matthew McConaughey. (laughs) What about, but what about for you? I think this would be a breaking point for any human where somebody turns to you and they say, I'm thirsty. Yeah. And there's drinking fountains. Go get yourself. Why, why can't she, she is a, an adult woman. I think she has the $20 to go buy herself a soda at a stadium. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, 2003 money is probably only 10 bucks. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Where it, it feels not in a bad way, but it's like, I'm going to take a big step and, and make this hard for you. I, I've, I've seen you in many a date situations. I've seen you take such steps for going to get the soda either. Well, you, you've seen me do that for a person Uh that I was already (laughs) in a really bad relationship with. Yeah. Who had our, gosh, this whole movie, Ryan, I was having flashbacks. (laughs) Oh yeah. Like it wasn't this movie was my bad relationship, but on steroids. So was that, was this cathartic to watch? Uh, honestly, a, uh, a little bit. It, cause my relationship was bad, worse for certain reasons and not half as bad for certain other reasons because mm. it didn't get as ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know, there were no children being Photoshopped, <laughs> but, yeah. at, but at the same time there were, crazy outbursts for no reason mm-hmm. about yeah the most mundane I topics i never thought about that i never related that history of yours to what's going on here uh-huh. but now i see it really thoroughly do you of see like, it <laughs> he's like oh god ah what do i do to appease you because you're being so irrational but i'm trying to be kind to you I, we're talking around somebody because <laughs> it's not nice to blast somebody on a podcast but like the the scene where she comes over, I'm, I'm not a guy who has a poker night necessarily, no. but the scene where she comes over and has like 20 freakouts for different <laughs> reasons about yeah. things. It's like, whew, I was just like the whole time I was like, oh, I have goosebumps. Why do yeah. I have goosebumps? Yeah. Flashback PTSD. <laughs> um, uh, so he, he gets her, he gets her a Coke and yeah. she's like, it's not diet. And he has to go back. He uh, misses this great shot. That big shot, which... You know, it's not that big a deal. I've only been to a couple basketball games in my life. I've been to dozens upon dozens of baseball games. The Mariners in the 90s, I saw some great games. Yeah. And if I missed the last minute of a baseball game, that would suck. But you got a whole game in. Right. But this is how I'm going to equate it. Mm-hmm. Matthew McConaughey is an ad guy, right? Mm-hmm. And he does he loves ad the for, big moment. He does. Well, that he does ad for sports. Yeah, he, he does ad for sport. Yeah. <laughs> but in addition to that, let me reverse this and say, you're going to see the new Star Wars movie that's coming out in theaters. Oh, no. Okay. It doesn't yeah. matter what woman. I'm not leaving my seat. <laughs> exactly. And <laughs> that's in, a good equivalent. In the last that, minute. That gave so it to me. I think he's I think he has he handles this pretty well considering if it okay that's actually a good equivalency like if i was watching the force awakens and kylo ren is standing up there with uh-huh. han solo and sarah's like can you get me a coke i <laughs> you're saying no you love this woman but you're saying <laughs> the no relationship ends then <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> we'll restart it later Theo wouldn't exist <laughs> yeah so i'm really glad sarah didn't do that like yeah i mean it it's the same thing for me like i don't 
I don't like when people talk to me during the opening shot of a movie mm-hmm. or during the end of a movie. Yeah. Those are sacred moments for me. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it wouldn't be a deal breaker if somebody talked during those points, but if they're like, Hey, can you go do this for me during this point? Unless yeah. it was like something important, but a soda is not such. We can get, we can move on. I'm sorry. We're, I'm like harping on so much about this. But it, it, it's a very good illustrated point. And that's kind of, it kind of illustrates what she, her tact is throughout right. the, the film. Like it, right now, she's just like poking holes in this water balloon and w- watching the water yeah. leak out. Yeah. But he's like, uh, that was a little weird, but you know, it's still good. We're, we're, we're getting along and they have a nice kissy moment in the cab while she's leaving. So yeah. things are good. The next, oh, there's also a random scene where he's talking to his bros in the office and he's like, I'm going to just take off my shirt at work now. Yeah. And, and like, some, some ladies are like, like Hachi oh, machi. gosh. And I'm just like, I'm sorry. You're in an office. Like, what are you doing? Uh, I'd probably do something like that, especially in my like early. I guess like, that your ad agency thing. It, it just he, feels weird. The thing is he, we know we don't see it, but we pretty much can guess that Matthew McConaughey is coming from some lady's apartment and he's still wearing the mm-hmm. same shirt he was mm-hmm. wearing yesterday. It's a bit of an exhibitionist. I might I, say. I think he just doesn't mind. He doesn't mind people seeing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already thinking of a, an HR perspective. I'm like, this is not okay. But I love, I love Donald Petrie thinking, you know what we got to do? We have to prove Matthew McConaughey is hot. How do we do that? Have him take off his shirt at the office and have three ladies going, <gasps> <laughs> pretty much um but i you know it's it's fun to see an early's early 2000s rom-com with a little bit of you know a different gaze to it sure you know? sure yeah yeah uh so the next day it's the next day where she brings in the dog she gets a dog uh, no they have a third date do they is that when they is that when they go to the have the vegan dinner I can't remember. Yeah, no, he invites her over to his place. He makes this wonderful meal. Yeah. Um, and then she's like, oh, I'm, I'm a vegetarian. Yeah, but, but we saw her eating a bacon cheeseburger earlier today. So yeah, we but not, we also saw her eating like lobster with him. So I guess she's a pescatarian. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good, good catch there. He should have, and be like, hey, wait a minute. Yeah. So they go, they go to like, <laughs> lesbians <laughs> yeah they, they go to <laughs> like lesbian lesbian <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they go to like this um this you know place this is a vegan the satofu bar yeah you know? and matthew mcconaughey just can't stand eating whatever the food is and i mean you know maybe it's the early 2000s and it's bad but i i don't know when you guys make me food i'm it's always better <laughs> than any meat dishes it's so good yeah i and i'm trying to think like i didn't actually have a lot of like vegetarian meals back in the early 2000s i think it's become better like people americans specifically have learned to use spices yeah yeah, yeah exactly um and sh- i love kate hudson where she like goes back to the kitchen she's like sup bros and yeah, watches she's the, eating like the a burrito basketball game yeah. and she's i like how she doesn't have to say anything the kitchen cooks are like Hey, what's up? You're one of us. These scenes, these asides, I think are extremely important for us still liking Kate Hudson later on in the movie, considering everything she puts Matthew McConaughey through. Yeah. You know, because yeah. it's like, okay, I, you, you are a chill bra, mm-hmm. but you're just putting on an act. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the whole premise of her driving him away by being this, you know, un- not fun woman. Unlikable. She's, yeah, she's being very. I guess her whole tact is like being kind of needy, and you're unable to satisfy her. I I, I hear this is the 
This is the term that gets thrown around a lot, but is exactly applicable to her character. High maintenance. Yeah. In order to please her or in order to have a time of any kind with her, you have to do a lot. Yeah. And he's just kind of like, I guess that's just how she is. She's just a little high maintenance. No big deal. I'll deal with it. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, since he's, since he has, it's like, it's like if you're working a job that sucks, but you only have a couple weeks left, you're like, I can stick this out. It doesn't matter. It can be a bad work day. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to have to deal with it much longer. It's just a weird thing. And again, this is where I'm kind of like bored with these kind of rom-coms where I'm just like, why? Yeah. It's just like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like this is what this is not what dating should be like of like oh it's about getting your date a coke and getting the right kind of coke and yeah. like i feel like you were dealing with that and that's what we were talking about in that bad relationship where it's like it shouldn't be like this right. this is not what dating is about well right and the thing is after before that relationship and after that relationship it i never dealt about with that, that again <laughs> yeah but for like, I basically had a long-term relationship of this, but I do think that if you're actually out and about, if it feels like a lot of work, find a different person because they're not going to be a, a lot of work to be with. It should, it's, it's like, you know, you know, introverts, extroverts. Yeah. I feel like, you know how, if you're an introvert and you get a lot of your energy from being alone or some like one-on-one time with someone, mm-hmm. that's how a good relationship should feel. Yeah. You should be getting energy from it, not having it taken from you because of yeah. it. Yeah. Right? Well, and you know, coming off the highs, the high, high highs of you've got mail and then coming down and these are not the low, low lows. No. Um, but it, it just su- shows such a contrast of how characters are interacting mm-hmm. and Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan and you've got mail. There's so much going on there. There's like antagonism, but there's also warmth and friendship in their letters. And then there's reconciling their differences and coming to understand one another. Friendly competition as well. Yeah. It's not personal. It's business. It was personal. Like figuring all that out. I'm like, oh man, this is so, they're negotiating so much. Mm -hmm. But in this, it's like, can you get me a Coke? I don't want to get her a Coke. It's like, what are we we saying about human relationships here? Like we're not really covering any ground no it's i mean this is basically a like a thesis on what what people you shouldn't date are like yeah i guess yeah and i don't know again if your dating life looks like this do better i I don't think you want it to be like this do you no no maybe you do maybe you do i I don't know well i mean i maybe you're masochist (laughs) you know you're you're just like i just can't come yeah but do better find your tom hanks see sadomasochist yeah something there's some term yeah so they have their dinner at the tofu restaurant right she is starting to freak out more and more now right but then they go back to the apartment it looks like they're gonna get busy and then she names his penis randomly princess sophia which for me like that would that would as matthew mcconaughey it would immediately make me think something's going on here yeah that's too weird it is it is a stretch yeah Right, and, and I, I think he's got some good ideas. Like Kroll is a great one. I don't know why he didn't like that in the end. <laughs> Kroll is go with Kroll. It's not my style, but I could definitely see it being Matthew McConaughey's style. Right. Then the next day she gets a dog, and she's like, "It's Kroll," and it's that's, like, "No, that's supposed to be my dick." <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's like the the worst dog. Yeah, he pees on everything, and he's a Chinese crested, so he kind of looks like. A Muppet that you gave a bad haircut to. Yeah. 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 And so he's just doing his best of holding on. 
she she dresses him up in that weird nineties plaid, early two yeah. thousands plaid. Yeah, the the Burberry look before. Yeah. yeah, but it's not a cool Burberry look. It's no. like a fake Burberry look. Uh, and then it's she, Eddie Bauer doing Burberry. Yeah, 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 exactly. And then she crashes Poker Night. the The Poker Night is like the most cliche Poker Night you could ever come up with. It's like we're drinking Budweisers out of bottles and we're all smoking cigars. So Robin asked me, "Why cigars? Why do you guys drink?" Should we give him a second? If you hear my son in this episode, I'm sorry. There we go. Is uh, Robin was like, why cigars? Why why men? Why cigars? Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I don't know. Like I, I we just, like to hold little phalluses that are on fire. What yeah, can we I mean, say? A big or a big chunky phallus. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I, I. So have you smoked cigars before? Mm-hmm. I smoke cigars. Yeah, it's like. There's something, I don't do it very often, so there's something very novel about it where, like, you know, once every two years I have a cigar. It's an interesting little buzz, and it's it's a, it's a more about the social, yeah. the social aspect. It's like, it's like you feel, you feel like a different person when you have a cigar. I've, yeah, I've probably smoked a cigar like five times in my life. Yeah. Again, I'm sorry if you can hear my son. Um, and... The, the occasions were awesome. Like one time we were out at a cabin and we watched two weeks notice with some friends. And then we went and had cigars outside. It was fun. Mm-hmm. One night, Sarah and I watched the Godfather drink scotch and smoke cigars oh, in between. Awesome. That was great for me. I like, I mean, I had cigars with Sarah in the Kennedy school and yeah. we, we, we drank whiskey, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think we, we had, we didn't have a cigar, but we like smoked, um, like, you know, a pipe, like a, a mm-hmm. tobacco pipe. Yeah. You know, at my, my bachelor party. Yeah. It's just like, it's an occasion. But this, this doesn't, like I saw what they were doing. And if someone was like, do you want to join? I'm like, no, I want to go home and watch a movie. I don't want to hang out with these guys. Like I, they're cool guys, but yeah. I, I, the poker game I've never been into. I, I could play. I know. I've tried to get you to play poker a couple of times. Sorry. I, I've only done the weekly poker thing one year and it was like in college yeah when you know but we'd play like the pot was like five dollars yeah, <laughs> as yeah, a buy-in because yeah. we're so poor yeah um and you know so but it, it's a man thing yeah right that's basically the point of this scene and she comes over and everything's wrong yeah like they're eating pizza and she goes no 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 yeah oh she's very good at being really annoyed this <laughs> this scene i think is Kate Hudson's best work in this movie. Yeah, where, she's amazing. she does incredible work. Yeah, she is fascinatingly, hilariously bad. Yeah, but again, this scene more than any of the scenes exemplifies her power over him because whatever she wants, she gets, and it's because of the situation that they find themselves in. But right. nonetheless, she still holds it over him. Y- yeah, uh, but again, I don't think it's in a in a good or reputable way so no, it's like no it's like no i'm not saying it, it's it feel, power for good no no it, but what it in in that respect if i'm looking at it like from a societal like a large picture it feels more like revenge yeah. than it does like equality well no but i think that's the there's so much storytelling that we that can be cathartic yeah yeah yeah. like think about tv shows of the last 10 years has all been about power yeah game of thrones breaking bad Game of Thrones 2.0, mm-hmm. um, uh, Better Call Saul, yeah. aka Breaking Bad 2.0. <laughs> yeah, it's all about characters, whether they're morally good or morally bad or somewhere in between. They're they're seeking power, and right. we we are fascinated by this. It. Is this is the era where 
everybody who liked David Fincher is now making television. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So this is the David Fincher of rom-coms right here. <laughs> right, yeah, sure. And what? how does this scene culminate? Uh, they have a freak out. What do they freak out about? She freaks out about because the like the fern dies. Oh, the their fern love dead. fern the love dies. Fern. And he's like, okay, you are crazy lady. Yeah, he chases her down and she's like, I think we're, you know, I, I don't think this counts though. Of, of a breakup? Like well, yeah. Well, she wants basically him to break up with her. Yeah. She's like, all right, let's, let's just get this over with. Right. It feels cheap because she's getting desperate as she tells her friends, like, you know, he's in it to win it. Yeah. And Kate Hudson basically leaves with the fern. And I, I don't know what her ploy is here because it's, it feels like she's leaving him. Oh, good point. I mean, yeah. it, she she kind of lingers it a little bit. She's like, "Think about what you've done." And well, he he does basically say, yeah, "I guess we're done." And it's yeah. like, eh, "I think that." When he chases her down, though, yeah. yeah. And then uh, you know, their his boys are like, "Do couples therapy." So he chases her down like, in a really days, cool way. Two more days, two more days. You can you can you keep can going. And so he's like, "Let's do couples therapy." I love the like run down the the fire escape. Me too. So cool. They, it is they so did cool. that really great. Yeah, it's like. It shows us that Matthew McConaughey is not only like dedicated, good at his job, but works out, my friend. That's cool. Yeah, he's he could play Batman. Yeah, that's when his shirt should have come off. He should have been like, wait, wait, Kate Hudson, and just takes his shirt Look. off. And she's like, well, all right. So he says couples therapy, and so the next day they go and to Catherine Hahn's apartment. I like Kate, Kate Hudson's reaction when he says it too. She's like, like you get that she's just like, come on, man, like Get- you're seriously putting up with me? Yeah. But he doesn't see it as that because, you know. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, Catherine Hahn is fantastic. This is where it's like therapist. the Catherine Hahn gets to come out, which yeah. is pretty great. And so they have a good, funny scene between them. And so then they decide, well, we should we should meet his family. Right. And they, then we get the classic bullshit scene. Yeah. one. I think this is one of the g- great scenes in, or at least memorable. Yeah, I think it's one of the great scenes of rom-com history. Yeah. The bullshit scene. The bullshit scene. It's great. Like, she meets his family. It's such a heartwarming comedic scene that feels much more out of the 90s. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, because these, are, she's these like, are characters we care about. She's like, oh, I'm deceiving this guy, but I really like his family. They seem all really great, and I they love playing this game of bullshit with them, yeah. which is, I love bullshit, the, the card game. It's a great it's so game. so much fun. Yeah. It's uh, simple, but it has, like, just a little bit of, you know how there's games that have talent, and mm-hmm. then games that are all luck? Yeah. This is, like, just a little bit of both. Yeah. yeah. Um, so she's like, ah, I feel bad now. Yeah. And well, she, she feels, should feel bad. She should feel bad. And Matthew McConaughey and her have a great day. Yeah. They go to the, they go to Staten Island and they go to like this beachfront and they, he teaches how to drive a motorcycle. They and, get wet. Yeah. Then know. she gets wet. <laughs> like they have sex and apparently it's pretty good. Yeah. Shower sex. Can't go wrong. So actually you can be very careful with those curtains, people. Yeah. And at this point in time, I'm like, why doesn't Kate Hudson, I would like a scene where Kate Hudson goes to her boss. I I think we do actually get this scene, but I'd like it a little bit more where Kate Hudson is like, I want to change what the article's about. Right. I want to say how I found the perfect guy. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. Um, But we don't really have that. She just says, I getting to know him. And then the boss is like, go write it. Yeah. And so they, they end up at this party that he's supposed to bring her to. Um, the boss sees that she's in love in a fun scene. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I like how it's shot, too. The slow zoom on both of them is, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's kind of a played out 
way to shoot something like that, but I think yeah. it worked really well for this scene. Yeah. And then they, the, 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 les- the I was going to say the lesbians, <laughs> the Judy's <laughs> like basically ruin it. Cause they sick the other two dudes, Adam Goldberg and Thomas Lennon and trick them into betraying that. It's a pretty good she was trick. A bet. Yeah. Um, and she's like, Oh, I was a bet. I'm like, you're, you're one to talk lady. <laughs> yeah. She was so upset. And then Matthew McConaughey at the same moment, um, is finding out behind her from her boss that, that he, he was the bet. He was the bet all along. Yeah. And so everyone's got hurt feelings. And so they're bringing up Marvin Hamlish and I <laughs> yeah, get Marvin Hamlish. Jeez. <laughs> I get the scene where they're trying to be, it's trying to be big and ridiculous. I don't, I don't get what's happening in this scene. They're, they're, they go on stage and they sing "You're So Vain." They're trying to like destroy each other publicly, but it just feels kind of a, I don't know, it, it kind of floundered for me. I don't know about you. Yeah, it's funny because I remembered this scene very fondly. Yeah, because it is. I think it's so big and the emotions are so big that uh-huh. it distracts you from the logic of it. Yeah, because why would he? Yeah, I don't really know what the point is. Yeah, you can't it's like drama her- dramatically. You can't really defend what's happening here. Yeah, they they both sing uh, "I'm so vain" or "You're, You're so, vain so vain" at each other, and, and Marvin Hamlish is like, "Kill me." Yeah, he he looks like you know Randy Newman's uh, chunkier <laughs> uncle. Yeah, but they go argue outside, and I really like their argument. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're like, "Please don't leave with the diamonds." Yeah, because she's yeah. wearing really nice diamonds. Yeah. She has a good line. What does she say? She's like, "You can't lose me because you never had me, baby." Yeah, is that what she says? Yeah. You can't, you can't lose something you never had. It's like, oof, and, but at that ugh. point, but when she says that and he's like, or she, I, when he walks away and it's like, you just lost me. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I like, I like when he said you just lost me because up until that point you had to imagine that there was still a chance for her. Yeah. yeah. Um, so she writes this article that is the yeah. end all be all article of, well, not of the, I love this guy. Yeah. Um, it wasn't what it was supposed to be. And She's, then, I mean, that's, that's a standard trope. Well, and BB Newworth's like, you can write whatever you want. And Kate Adams is like, I can write about how to end war in the middle East. And no, she's like, no, no, no. Like write about shoes and stuff. And she's like, you know what? Fuck you. Yeah. And, and it's, it's like, ridiculous. Well, it's Kate like, Hudson, you need that letter of recommendation for her. Don't burn that bridge. And BB Newworth is just doing her job. Yeah. It's, it is fine. <laughs> just resign quietly look for other work at any other new york paper but i i hate that this movie is like see these are the worst kind of people (laughs) all they want to write about is orgasms and shoes and it's like yeah i get that that's not like saving the world and it's maybe not the best thing for the world but that doesn't make her a bad person for not letting this person write something in her magazine that doesn't belong there yeah exactly Okay, so Adam Goldberg's like, you gotta read this. She loved you, man. Yeah, and then he does, and he's like, all right. And then he finds out from Catherine Hahn that she took a job. Yeah, and she's flying <laughs> away. In a really funny line, he says, you're not a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> I like that they you figured that bucks. out. Yeah. yeah, that's a good t- turnaround. Um, so he, he has to like rush to find her. And again, we come back to this, like, I think you can just figure it out. Like maybe you don't get to her like right this second, yeah. but you know, give her a call, something. It's not like she's leaving planet Earth forever. And not only that, but she probably already sold her place. Yeah, I think it's a done deal a little bit. Maybe like she she's moving cities. I think it's gonna. I think you guys will figure it out. Or yeah, I mean the. Okay, let me rewrite the movie. Okay. 
You write your first draft with your heart. And you rewrite with your head. She's going, mm, not for an interview, but she's going to Washington and he thinks she's moving. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like we need to do this thing where it's, he thinks that he needs to stop her from going, but really she's just like, oh, I'm just going for like just to look coffee. at apartments or something. It, or, you the know, mad dash is rarely earned. It really is rarely earned. And, but this one, this one feels like the prototypical one yeah. because it's the one I always think of. Well, yeah. And I just love that. It's like they drop gin blossoms. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah I know. this is it's, great. It's powerful stuff. This movie rides on emotions almost the entire time. Yeah. And he chases her on the motorcycle and he pulls her over and the guy's like, hey, I'm a cab driver. What are you doing? Get back to New York. And so he convinces her to get back to New York. And they they do, and they kiss on the bridge, and he says bullshit, and yeah. that's bullshit. I, I love I love that like I love that line. Yeah. What's interesting is their first date, true or false, all fairs in love and war. Mm-hmm. True. There's no callback to that line. I would have accepted a callback to that line too during the fight. I would have accepted it. Um, but this is one of the rare occasions where I'm like callback line. Perfect. It's a perfect. It's it's a perfect end line too. Because the the bullshit game is the metaphor of the movie is that mm-hmm. they're both bullshitting each other. Yeah. And then he he calls her on it. But when I wish I had it in my pocket of like God the callback line. This is so stupid. Where they like reference a thing to like win back the person. Where it's you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a bad version of that. Well, I mean, you didn't like it in the one with uh, Charlie Day and. Um, why can't I think of oh, her name? Oh, yeah. Um, where they, the Marcel the Shell lady. What's yeah. her name? Gosh, why can't I think of you her name? You know who I'm Jenny talking Slate. about. Jenny Slate. And they're on the plane and they're talking about the masks. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, they're giving each other the masks. And it's like, you're referencing a conversation from before, but uh, this just doesn't really feel like it's saying much. Well, and I think the reason why this one is good is because it's not a thing between them. Yeah. It's just something they they did once that was funny, mm-hmm. and it's it's instead of saying this is something we have in common, mm-hmm. it's like I'm using this thing that we experienced together to call you out. Yeah, and so there's there's enough salt in that sweet to make it a good line. He needed to call her out anyways. It was just a like oh perfect opportunity. I'm just gonna call bullshit on this. You know he he this should have been a lecture where he was like. Look, I don't know why you're still working at Composure anyway. There's so many other magazines you could be working at in New yeah, York. Exactly. <laughs> why are you going to Washington DC? So they kiss and we go to credits. What do you think of this movie? Honestly, I think it's a good rom-com. Mm-hmm. I don't It's not one that I want to go back to all the time, but I had fun. Yeah. And I'm glad I watched it again. Robin and I had a good time laughing at Kate Hudson being silly. I think it really speaks of Matthew McConaughey's just absolute brilliance. Mm-hmm. I I think he's one of our great actors, and mm-hmm. I don't think he. I think he's given respect through the reconnaissance, mm-hmm. but I still think in that there's a little bit of a joke, and I don't think oh, yeah. I don't think he deserves to be the butt of any joke. I no, just it, think he's a really great actor. It's just like Tom Hanks, where it's like, oh yeah, 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 Forrest Gump, Philadelphia. It's like, yeah. no, 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 you've got mail, you guys. He's really good, <laughs> and so yeah, I think. Um, I think I like this movie. Okay. Yeah. What about you? I'm okay with this movie. Yeah. I'm take it or leave it. Yeah. I don't find it that funny. And it, Sarah's like, you're not laughing. I'm like, 
I don't know what to say that. <laughs> I, I don't think it's funny a lot of the times. I just think that when Kate Hudson really freaks out, like mm-hmm. we get what I like from Kate Hudson, I guess. Yeah. Robin brought up, do you think they, they cast Kate Hudson because this isn't Goldie Hawn and Overboard? Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, I just, I, just um, I, I think this is a touchstone mm-hmm. with which we are able to measure other rom-coms. Yeah. So like, I don't think it's a really good movie. I don't think it's a really bad movie. I think it's the neutral movie of rom-coms where it's got its smart, funny parts. And I know why people like this, Mm -hmm. but it's got its poorly written parts and just kind of like basic idea parts that I'm just like, I've seen this in every other rom-com. And so I give it kind of like a right in the middle of the road, Mm -hmm. two and a half, maybe 2.75, just because I, I like, I like a Mr. McConaughey so much. Yeah. I'll give it a two and a half. It's the kind of movie where I'm, if I'm at my, if I'm staying at someone's house and they still have cable and no one has gotten up yet and I have to spend the morning doing something and I turn it on and like, Don't you oh, hate hey. that? yeah, I'm like, how does it guy in 10 days is on? Ah, I can watch this. Like, it'll keep me entertained. I'll, I'll have some coffee with this. It'll be fine. I loved being at, at sleepovers. I loved being the last one to sleep. And mm-hmm. I hated being the first one up, but oh, I always so was. Bored. Yeah. Um, so my, I mean. I feel so mild on it because I didn't find it that funny and Sarah found it really funny. And it's a really weird dynamic when you're both not laughing on the same yeah. page. Mm-hmm. We're almost always on the same page of what's funny. It's just, it may, I feel guilty. No, I get it. I hate being the stick in the mud. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I'm oh, sorry. It's not that I hate this. Um, and again, it's just this movie so much about the mechanics where it's about what these characters are trying to get at. And it does have a middle where they go to Staten Island where I'm like, okay, there's a little bit of substance. Yeah, because it feels more like a 90s movie. Yeah. But it's not enough. I, I hear that. I But I do think we can't get rid of this movie because it is the spoke on which the wheel turns. It is. The emblematicness is what's so important about yeah. this. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, but the, the, the actors are great and mm-hmm. uh, it's very pretty. They, yeah. they look great doing it. But I just wish there is a lot of like gauzy lens choices yeah. in this movie. <laughs> yeah, like it's oddly. Like, where it's like, promised on there. Like why? Yeah. Why are we doing promise? It almost it almost at times was so much that it felt Vaseline. Yeah. And Sarah noticed. She's like, whoa, if, some cheese cloths on that one. If, if you guys don't know what we're talking about, it's basically there is there is a way to filter your lens to just. It makes the world feel more like a 1940s movie mm-hmm. is a good way, I guess, to describe it. But yeah. it it makes the light diffused around our characters more so that it makes it feel more romantic. And it it's really noticeably stylistic these days where back in like the like in the 40s, if you did this, it, it felt like a lot of other scenes in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so it really stands out. And I don't understand the choices that they made unless they were like roasting romances which it didn't feel like they were doing yeah yeah it's weird yeah uh, i'm gonna break protocol for a second only because i want to bring up a scene and yeah, okay. it's gonna be for a golden sword award so oh, do you want to do those i'm early? just gonna do that now okay yeah she a blessing from the lord god be praised The Golden Sword. I want to give a golden sword to the scene where they go to the rom-com film festival. 
<laughs> yeah, I completely forgot about that. That scene was amazing because they go and it's the no, it's the Chick Flick Film Festival. Yes, it is Chick Flicks. Yeah. And oh, the movies are Mystic Pizza, Sleepless in Seattle, um, Grumpy Old Men. Was it? Yeah, it was Grumpy Old Men. Really? Yeah, Grumpy Old Men. And it was on the marquee, so it was all of his films. The other one was. Can you go to Netflix so we can see the other one? Okay, so. It's Sleepless in Seattle, Fried Green Tomatoes, Mystic Pizza, and When Harry Met Sally. That's right. Yeah. It was Fried Green Tomatoes. I was thinking of. Uh, so they go, and she keeps talking through the movie, and yeah, we already talked about this. That's not great. And he's just like, stop talking. Yeah, and it's great because she's like, it's my favorite movie, and her intent is to like take him down a peg and be yeah. like, oh, this girl who likes Sleepless in Seattle, of course, but he's like, no, I love this scene. Shut up. Yeah. And the guy behind them is like you guys need to shut up. And he like fix a fight with Matthew McConaughey and uh-huh. he punches him out. And I'm like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> if you're talking at my chick flick film festival, we're the rom-com gents. We would be there. And if someone is ruining that, we would not be okay with it. Yeah. I think especially if it, if it went on as long as they did, I would say something. I don't think you're the one who would turn to violence though. No, I wouldn't no. turn to violence, but I would be the big guy and be like, shut up. Yeah. He he does say like put a muzzle on your lady. <laughs> yeah. and it's like whoa, man. Okay, I won't say that. Yeah. Um. But I I do think this is where this movie I feel like is trying to be more appealing to women than to everyone. Mm. The way that you've got mail and even, even two weeks notice is mm-hmm. trying to appeal to everyone. This feels sure. a little bit more like a chick flick and less like a rom com. And we yeah. don't like that differentiation, but it does feel like. I don't know. There's just something that lacks substance for me as a viewer. Well, interesting because like, I think this was made for a broad audience simply because of the amount of what Matthew McConaughey has to deal with from a quote unquote crazy lady. Yeah. Cause the movie's kind of like, you know, high maintenance women. Yeah. I'm like, I really don't. Yeah. I, I do not know. <laughs> I, but so I, I do think it's I would disagree. I think it's more for a broad audience. Yeah. But yeah. I, I think it's especially because the scene that you bring up, it's like, get it. You have to go to these movies, too, with ladies. Yeah. You, you know? don't you see yourself on screen yeah. here. You got dragged to this movie, right? Yeah. I, I do think it's mar- it feels marketed, especially on its poster to women. Yeah. There's just something about the colors mm-hmm. and like the sleek yellow dress that feels. Oh, yeah. Sarah's like the dress, the dress. I don't know. I can give or take. I mean, she looks I nice know. in it, but I can give or take. The I know. But I, I you know, what, what can you do? Yeah. Well, uh, uh, I have to give. So your, your golden sword was there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to give the golden sword um, to the bullshit scene. Oh, yeah. I just think it's so necessary in this movie mm-hmm. because at that point in time, you're so tired of just seeing him have to go through this. Yeah. That you're like, I need I need some some sweet. I please give me some sweet with all the sour. Yeah. And they do. They just throw a bunch of pineapple on that pizza and you're like, mm, yeah, thank you. And so, yeah, I don't know. It's just, I, I like that scene for its iconicness. It's, it's that out of left field moment that just feels so earned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I so that's where it gets my golden sword. Cool. Okay. Well now we'll take a break and then we'll come back with trope talk. Trope talk. And we're back with Trope Talk. It's like Trope Talk, but with more tropes. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> what are we talking about today, buddy? We're talking about the coercion. 
The persuasion, ah, the, the manipulation, the deception. Yes. Uh, this shows its ugly head in many rom-coms. And it's usually something that is is a is a culmination of a like it's not the it's it's the antecedent to the culmination of a relationship. Yeah. Or or maybe something else like a <coughs> Sorry, I was trying to like stop. <clears throat> it could be something else entirely like uh, and Rosalind, the coercion is what Rosalind is trying to sway Juliet away from Romeo so mm-hmm. that she can get Romeo. Mm-hmm. And so she has to kind of manipulate her and make it make things go her way. And of course she fails. Right. And it almost always has to do with presenting your emotions about something in a false light. Yeah. Right. And you kind of have to fail when you're doing this. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know someone who succeeds in this and ends up winning at the end of the day. It'd be really hard to write that story and feel good. Yeah. I think. Um, another recent one, interestingly is easy a where she's kind of having to have multiple, uh, deceptions. Right. You know, because she's trying to convince everybody that she's had sex Mm -hmm. and then she's also trying to convince everybody that is, she's, she's also co she's co-conspiratorially, lying with a bunch of other people about that. Yeah. And I think another good one is Greece where Oh yeah. We're kind of asking who is the real Danny, Danny Zuko. Zuko. Uh-huh. And that's that's more wearing a mask, mm-hmm. I guess, which is is being emotionally deceptive. Cuz that's what's going on here is that they're both wearing a mask in How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Mm-hmm. But is they don't really go through this question of like, well, was Matthew McConaughey being real with her or was uh-huh. he just trying to seduce her? You're right. And I, this is a thing that feels almost exclusively late, late nineties or, or, or two thousands. Mm-hmm. Right. Because like, this is a 10 things I hate about you. Yeah. This is, um, not like two weeks notice though, yeah. which is, I guess early two thousands. Right. But it's like those two people are who they are. Mm-hmm. And the, the joy of it is watching these two people who are so different fall in love with each other. Yeah. Whereas all of these movies are like, feel like they're based on a conceit of people have other things going on in their lives and the relationship is not very important. So it's fine not being who they are, but what changes them and forces them to be who they are is their attraction or the goodness of this other person. Yeah. Forces them to be real with each other. Right. Um, and so the manipulation and the coercion is always about, <clears throat> it's about going for something, but not being able to do it honestly, mm-hmm. but it's somehow doing something dishonestly makes them an honest person. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's like finding the bottom of your moral center kind of raises you back up into like a better place, I mm-hmm. guess. Yeah. Like if you, like I, I'm just looking at movies on your, your wall that we've watched in holiday inns over there. And <laughs> the, you know, not a movie we go back to very often when we talk about tropes, but yeah. Bing's whole thing in that movie is he's hiding this woman from Fred Astaire so that she isn't stolen from him. Yeah. And that ends up getting her to Fred Astaire faster because of the lie. Yeah. Yeah. The proposal, there's a big lie in the proposal of they're going, they're deceiving their family, Mm -hmm. but they're really just deceiving themselves. (laughs) 
And I mean, that's, I mean, I don't really know much else to say about this trope. Like, is it, it's a really good start. Right. <laughs> you know, if you use it these days though, you gotta do something new with it. Yeah. Because it's tried and really true. It's been really tried. So yes. we're good. I, there, I've been watching a lot of great British bake off these days. Mm-hmm. And, um, <laughs> there's this like patter that they have when they're reviewing people's food. And he, Paul Hollywood's always like, I don't know. To me, it's just bland. <laughs> and, that's what this trope is, if I can see it coming a mile away. Yeah, and that's why I'm kind of always bored with Ots rom-coms, because they get so tethered into the plot that that's all there is. it. That's all there is, mm-hmm. And so it's like, I kind of like pick it up, lift it. I'm like, is that it? This is why something like, um, uh, what's the one with Seth Rogen and Katherine Heigl where she's pregnant? Knocked Up. Knocked Up. Knocked Up feels different. Yeah. Right? Just because it's... It's not a conceit. It's a problem, mm-hmm. right? It's not like, okay, this is this is the lie that we're going to do to accomplish what we want to accomplish. Maybe we'll accomplish it in the end, but it's going to mean that we're sad. It's not that. It's we've done something. It makes our lives more complicated. How are we as two humans going to deal with each other because of it? Yeah. And so there are diamonds in the rough in the, the aughts, but they are far and few in between. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. The, the one I, I kind of think is my you know, one forever, the golden one is two weeks notice. Um, because it feels very similar. Well, that's not, wait, that where they're lying. No, no, not the trope, but just Ots rom-coms. Oh, Ots rom-coms. And, um, there's something about that where it's still very plotty compared to you've got mail. Mm -hmm. Um, but I come away feeling so much love for those characters and maybe because they just have such personalities. Mm -hmm. Whereas these guys, <laughs> I don't think Kate Hudson has much of a personality in this one. I think Matthew McConaughey does a little bit more. Yeah. But they're not unique. Yeah. And um, Donald Petrie directed this and he directed Mystic Pizza. I just wish it was a little bit more like Mystic yeah, Pizza. Mystic Pizza, they feel like characters. Real, real human yeah. stuff is going on there. And this movie never had a chance of being that deep no. because Mystic Pizza is a romantic coming of age story and this is a very fun mm-hmm. junk food rom-com mm-hmm. i just i don't know can i ask her a little bit more yeah no i get you that's, that's where a, i'm at too it's a little bland what this movie does well and i'm going back to the scene the bullshit scene yeah the family they feel like real people totally in that donald petrie kind of way yeah where it's like okay we've got like the dad who's retired military, who's like referencing howitzers and has yeah. a weird mustache. Yeah. And then like the cousin who's a cop and has a kid. The uncle who is, keeps falling asleep. Like uncle who falls asleep. The mom who's like such a mom. It's like, I, I bet all of these people live on Staten Island. Yeah. You know? I love it. Yeah. That does great. So um, that's the trope. And I'm just going to walk us uh, over here. We're going to just check in real quick with the uh, the Patreon. Wow, your footsteps are very heavy. <laughs> so uh, we're not doing a poll this month because we are winding things down because yep. the show is going to go on a short hiatus while yep. Kelly and I go make a movie. Yep. It's going to go really quick and going to go really easily. Uh-huh. Yep. It's going to be great. We're going to get it done in two months and then it's going to be ready for Oscars next year. <laughs> yeah. It's, it'll be that simple. So, um, so yeah, the Patreon's winding down. You have basically a month of new updates and uh, then it'll be quiet for a little bit. Yeah. And again, if you sign up to the Patreon, you'll have access to it. You won't be charged during that time. So if you want to sign up and get like a good 
15 bonus episodes, mm-hmm. maybe even more than that yeah. by now, and a bunch of like written content from Ryan and I. You can just sign up this month, basically pay this month for it, and then have it for mm-hmm. a while for free yep. after. And we've got our Gilmore Girls Season 5 episode up. Um, that Logan Huntsberger. That Woo! Mitchum Huntsberger. Uh, <laughs> that Grandpa Huntsberger. <laughs> Is there a Grandpa? Yeah. He's the one at the dinner who's yeah. like, you suck. Rory You're not Gilmore. good enough for my boy. Yeah. Um, and uh, this week I'm writing about what not to put in your rom-com. Yeah. And you know what? Maybe we've seen a couple examples of that today. Yeah. So there you go. Man, I'm going to miss I'm gonna m- miss this while yeah. we're not doing it. Yeah. I really I like this. I do too. But you know what I'm not going to miss? What? Having to say the rom-com Oscar thing that I do because it's loud. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> uh, what's your rom-com Oscar, buddy? Best mid-drift. <laughs> oh, from McConaughey? For, no, for Kate Hudson. Oh, best mid-riff. Do we get a mid-riff? Yeah. Shot? Or do you just mean in her dress? Just in general? Uh, how about that dress? Wait, you're, so you're saying like... Best dress. Wait, what is a midriff to you? Below this, the this boobs? Part, the tummy? Thing, the belly button's got to be in there somewhere. The thorax. Right? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Okay. That dress. How about the dress? The do, dress? Yeah, great dress. Best, Best dress. dress. Best dress. I like it. Like You a, said... Tulsa Sunrise. Yes to that dress? Yes to the dress. Okay. I like it. I'm going to give this... Whew, I almost gave it Best Actor. But I've already given that. Yeah. I really liked Matthew McConaughey in this. I think I'm going to give this best supporting. No, (laughs) no, I'm not even going to give it to Catherine Hahn. Oh, okay. I'm going to give this most rom-com. Yeah. Most rom-com. Most rom-com. This movie earned it. Yeah. You are the most rom-com movie. I agree. Yeah. I You're not the agree. best rom-com, but you are the you most are the rom-com. Most. So there you go. Well, I'm just going to come out and say I'm just going to come out and say it. I'm just going to come out and say it. Finally, you've been deceiving me too long. Who'd you fall in love with? Are there any circumstances in which uh, the two of you might be more than just good friends? The truth of it is, I loved you from the first second I met you. But mostly I hate the way I don't hate you. Not even close. Not even a little bit. Not even at all. You have bewitched me, body and soul. And I love, and love, and love you. I know. For me, it's got to be Catherine Hahn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I. She. She's going through a lot. I think she just needs a, a good partner to like be good with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to be like, you know what? You're better than Kate Hudson, Catherine Hahn. <laughs> yes, you deserve really you deserve good stuff. I'm going with Matthew McConaughey. I almost did. I was so close. Because that guy is so patient. Right? He can I mean, granted, it's for a bet, but I think he if he really liked you, he would also bring that patience to the relationship. Yeah. It's like that's what you need in the relationship. Good fam. Yeah. You know? Play bullshit with each other. Super hot. Super hot. You'd have to compete with all the ladies from the office, but they don't it's seem fine. like much of a competition. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's um, fine. Yeah. And he'd cook you some great meals. Not that it matters to you super much, but. I, I enjoy a good dish. Yeah. And speaking of a good speaking dish. Speaking of a good dish. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, that's how to lose a guy in ten days. Um, not what eleven, this week? not nine, but ten. No, yeah. Next week is a switch for Christmas. A princess switch. The Christmas. The pr- God no. damn it! <laughs> We're watching the princess switch. The princess switch. And it's tough with all of those. The princess switches. The princess switch. Click. For Christmas, um, princess of Genovia or mm. Bulgaria or wherever or Moldova, wherever Is the fuck they go. Belgravia in this yeah. one. <laughs> so we're watching that. It's on Netflix. Go, uh, go check it out. Watch it. It's Christmas time. Just yep. uh, give yourself a little, a little Christmas treat. Make some tea. Throw it on. Yeah, I, hot cocoa. Yeah, maybe have a good time. Actually, there's a lot of baking in this one, mm-hmm. and since as as I said before, I've been watching a lot of uh, Bake Off, mm-hmm. and. It's nice to have something to eat. Good synergy while there. you're watching that. Yeah, you know? for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, Kelly, I love you so much that I would just call bullshit on you. Oh, very nice. I love you so much that I'd stay. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm really glad. <laughs> just a little bit longer. Come on, come on, come on. <clears throat> and this is where we will say oh, goodbye. Ryan and Kelly must bid you adieu. Thank you for listening to our review. Rate and subscribe, we'll even take a bribe. So see you next week on the Gentleman's Guide. To rom-coms. <laughs>